and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for January 25th through February 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. We're releasing this forecast a little bit late this month because I was in the field in Santa Fe to document an incredible woman named Lila June Johnston as she undertook a seven-day fast for future generations on the steps of the New Mexico State Capitol building. She's currently running for office in District 47 there and is challenging big oil and fracking interests while raising awareness about the climate crisis. I highly recommend checking out her story at electlilajune.com or on Instagram at lilajune. So thank you so much for all of your patience and know that we'll be releasing our forecasts on the new moon going forward. Okay, so in this forecast, Susan shares insights about Aquarius season and the upcoming Mercury retrograde. She says it's time for shifting our consciousness and it's a great opportunity to learn something new. She reminds us to think about how to open our mind and step into great leaps of innovation. She provides writing prompts, stone recommendations, and ritual practices as we enter the first warmth of spring. I want to take a moment to thank our new Patreon subscriber, Kani Naja. You all help make this show possible, and I'm honored to be in community with you. If you enjoy this podcast and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash moonwise. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, Dorote. My pleasure as always, and hello to all of our listeners. Here we are on the other side of that December new moon eclipse that we were leading up to, and I'm so curious how everyone did. I know it felt uh, momentous in an interesting inner way for me, where I felt old paradigms kind of fall away, that they were they were dead weight, and I couldn't just continue to carry them. And so that came with a good dose of inspiration as well, though, so... Um, I'm curious to hear how it was for everyone else too. Well, I don't know. I think we should have like, you know, in, in uh, Facebook where people write marked safe from, uh, <laughs> from the eclipses. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, heard from people. And I think what was actually sort of interesting was um, because the, when we, you know, when we did the work with the, with the new moon being on Christmas night into that over, over midnight, um, it was uh, more, I, I think everyone w- was stepped away from their everyday life, which allowed uh, a more intimate experience with that uh, new moon. And it was such a, you know, a deep solar eclipse in that way. Uh, and then, through going through the experience of the winter holiday for everyone because it always slows down you know and hitting um, after everybody revs up and starts to come back into their lives and then we got met with the full moon cancer uh, lunar eclipse the full moon really brought to light you know because it's cancer so it's it's the cosmic mother energy it's also nourishment nurturing um, uh, but it it very much I think had this tone around what do you need to understand about getting more comfortable to face um, and move forward with with this very big kind of shift that we're all going through uh, at a cultural level, at a societal level, at a global level, and at individual and familial, like on all all different ways. So I, I really felt there was, I wanted to actually say this, that uh, offer sort of a public service announcement from the, from the moon, <laughs> because what I felt very strongly at a personal level was I had an event that night, and it was an incredible uh, event. It was it was just so wonderful to see so many women show up to um, want to experience this uh, lunation together and want to do some work together and um, take seriously what um, how they want to approach the year. And it was really fascinating because I encouraged everybody, even though I can, you know, we always do those intentions and resolutions for at the beginning of the year to say, you know, this, this, these couple eclipses are going to shake us up so much that I don't think we're going to be that clear until we're at the 24th. Uh, that new moon in Aquarius, which in fact is where we are right now. So I'm going to review a couple of intentions in that way that I think might, might just be um, 
you know, kind of helpful to consider as you're sitting down with your own. But if, so I would say if you uh, kind of feel like you wrote a bunch of, of uh, intentions down or proclamations for yourself on the new moon on Christmas night, and you're, you feel a little wobbly about them, or you feel uh, you're looking at them again, and you're wondering about that, I would say, um, absolutely, please do. Please look at it with fresh eyes, because I do feel that we the invitation is to break free um, and really see things in fresh ways and, and think of them in fresh ways, which we'll, we'll get into with this Aquarian new moon um, and what's being asked of us. But with that full moon in um, Cancer that came forward, um, I noticed for myself that uh, often... I try not to do the posts when I do my Facebook and Instagram posts till right, really kind of on the day, which is is cutting a corner. But I do feel like I want to give the greatest experience of the truth of the energy that's that I, the best of my you know my own voice to it. Um, and yet sometimes the energies are so intense that I can't really. I can't really sit down and write about them. And so that's what actually happened on the Cancer Full Moon is that I the energy for me was just so much in my emotional body, meaning just I was just feeling it so deeply, like a tuning fork, that I got myself, of course, to the event and my, all my energy was focused on how to be of service to the event. It was really, really beautiful, but I couldn't sit down and write. And so what I needed to do was rather do from my Capricornian way, I always felt, you know, like pretty guilty when I don't do that. And uh, and I just really felt the moon saying, give yourself permission, you know, that it's, and I'm not saying this just of myself, but I think just in any way that anyone else hears this, that, you know, particularly as we have a lunation, you know, when these full moon eclipses hit, they do, they cast a beautiful light for a good six months out. And so that wave coming from this, uh, what rules the moon, which are, is our emotional body, is really being able, no matter what goes on, to have a deeper relationship of checking in with ourselves from a point of self-compassion and self-understanding. And as we talk about this new moon in um, Aquarius, um, the feature is going to be opening up not only to the way we're thinking, but also because Mercury is going to go retrograde in it, a way to have a different conversation within ourselves, developing a new relationship with ourselves. And so, you know, I would say relative to that, just keep checking in. I, I think about, you know, you you had a wonderful podcast um, around really revisioning our relationship with breast health, uh, it, which was just fantastic. Um, and I think what, so it made me think about, you know, when we have, we're encouraged to have monthly breast self-exam, I would say have that monthly check-in uh, around yourself in an overall self-exam. In other words, how am I doing? How's my overall, um, like my body scan, my emotional, my thought field, uh, spiritually, um, just, just checking in at a wellness check, you know, um, what needs tending to, how can I be, um, aware of maybe updating and looking at my calendar? You know, we're very sensitive, particularly for women who are still experiencing their, their moon cycle, especially, you know, to say when you're bleeding, to be a little bit more gentle with yourselves. But, but I don't think it has to be that way. Overall, I'm just saying to be aware of what's being asked of us internally and how to how to be in conversation with ourselves uh, and how to be forgiving and how to be accepting and how to be really supportive for ourselves, for our friends, to just say, hey, it's okay if you needed to make some changes. You know, if somebody ends up saying that they can't see you even when you were looking forward or, you know, just things like that, just to be aware of what feels right right now. And it doesn't mean to be self-involved, even though we've got a full moon in, in Leo coming up that, that tends to feature that. But self-centered can be can be a really good thing. So I just gave a little, a little full moon um, public service announcement to keep in mind if that if that resonates for anybody. Uh, like I say, I know that um, for a particularly those of us who are earth signs, we, we tend to be a little bit more uh, to the ground around expectations and what we need to do. And it's so fascinating that all these things got shifted in Capricorn. I was on a listening to um, a webinar around the, the uh, Pluto-Saturn uh, uh, conjunction recently, and it was really funny because in the in the notes when everybody was chatting, it was like almost all Capricorns, you know, where all of us are this Capricornian sort of thing around uh, doing it well, you know, and making sure we we show up correctly and getting all the information. So it was kind of 
uh, both of us, Dorothy and I, being our, our good little Capricorns, you know, to, to also say it's, it's okay to, to take some time for yourself. So um, as we, the other feature to that, to that full moon that was really kind of waving itself out that I think is going to be really predominant as we hit this new moon in Aquarius is with Uranus going direct. Um, it's been emboldened. You know, Uranus is that out-of-the-box, um, innovative, um, timeless kind of asking us to be our own person and to really innovate and to really be um, in the moment in that, not necessarily rebellious for its own sake, but but to be willing to not be one of the pack if we feel we need to um, just go in a direction that can really be most truly authentically us. You know, it rules it, it's the modern ruler of Aquarius. Um, and being direct, it's it's got it's saying I'm ready to go and it's in an early degree which we remember in Taurus so it's going to really signal for us things relative to the economy our own individual economy our earth based kinds of ways of moving through our life and opening things up and so it's going to be squaring this new moon so I think it's just going to say um, I'm going to maybe uh not, it's not a testing, but it's more to just say, I might highlight for you or or just right away help you see where there may be more innovative ways to get the resources that you need or to discover um, elements of yourself that maybe got just really petrified, like petrified wood or something, to say, let's reinvigorate that and let's open it up. So sometimes when things need to be opened up, they break through, right? So we don't necessarily know what that might look like, but it's it's just a little bit of saying, let's let's get moving and see how to uh, to really come in contact with some of the changes that are better for us to break through. Break through. So we'll we'll see that. So. With that in mind, we have a we have a um, new moon and the twenty fourth, which we're at at uh, is Central Time. It's three forty one um, p.m. and it's our first new moon in the decade in the year. It's in fixed air sign Aquarius, um, and I always think it's interesting because most people, when you look at the glyph or you look at the symbol, because it's a water bearer. Um, a lot of us say, well, it's a water sign, right? And no, it's an air sign. And so I always find it interesting to sort of um, look at what the interpretations are of why that glyph was in play. And we remember that a lot of times these glyphs came uh, not in current, these were not contemporary symbols, but these are older symbols. And so if we think again of as pouring knowledge from the sky, then the, the water is really a wave of energy or a transmission of, of information or frequency or knowledge that comes from high source. You know, we've talked from time to time about uh, Aquarius being very connected to the Akashic, meaning high cosmic consciousness knowledge, and that it disseminates down. So that water is really the flow uh, when we think about it, it's more at an energetic level as opposed to the element of water. But that flow of energy or the flow of star energy kind of bestowing down upon us and the bearer of it. And so it also brings in the human um, in that in that experience of, you know, whether we say it's from some guidance that's coming down to bestow upon us or we are receiving the information in that way. But I always think that's that's really interesting is that electric lightning change maker you know it's really that discovery kind of energy and when they discovered the planet uranus which is when they because it used to be the old ruler the um, ancient ruler was saturn and some still believe it is that it's a dual rulership of um saturn you know a dual rulership of capricorn and then the next chapter which would be aquarius which is interesting from the point of view of that old saying of how you know um capricorn really is the embodiment so it's the skin the bones the cellular structure the teeth like everything that allows us to have a human experience and walk the earth upright it holds us throughout our lifetime you know it's the same body that we were born into we die from 
And so we think of that earthly body, but if we think of Aquarius, to me, it's the heavenly body around us. So that's why I think in some ways it's still saying Saturn is a co-ruler of that, saying, all right, so still there's a dedication to this collaboration of your your physical body and also your energy body. So whether we call it the auric field or the electrical currents that move around us and through us, our light body, you know, um, that experience of collaboration. But when Uranus was discovered, I think it was the 1700s, was also when we started that experience of discovering electricity and inventions and light. And so being able to capture all that was inaccessible to us uh, in that way. So Uranus, in that sense of when we can collaborate with it, really creates this, this um, fantastic kind of shift in what illuminates and really makes our life kind of move into the next century to the next century. And so that's been some of the thought about science has been able to continue to evolve, spiritualities continue to evolve, but um, what we need to really evolve more is our mind so that we can be, you know, have it, and, and creativity is a big part of that, right? But that the mind always holds us back. So this month, I want us to think about how to open up the blocks and the boxes that close our mind from all of the great kinds of leaps that the rest of um, our world and our inner self and our interactive self really are asking of us. Because this is a year well, where by the end of the year, these planets, you know, we, we talked a lot about Capricorn in Aquarius right now in this new moon. We still have a lot of planets in Capricorn that will dance in and out of this year. Um, but by the end of the year, the, these major planets are moving into um, fully into Aquarius. So it truly is the age of Aquarius at the end of the year. So a lot of this year is going to be a, big of a, a bit of a game changer around how we move from being really kind of Earth-based to air-based, I mean, as an element. Even when we think of this new moon, so this is a, this is a lunar, uh, this is the lunar new moon, which ushers in the Chinese New Year. And so we have a different symbol. It's the first one of their uh, rotation, which is the rat, and it's a white metal rat. And metal in Chinese medicine equals air. So we think about, again, the mind, and even though it works through the lung system, so that, again, can take us back in to the embodiment of our experiences. It can cause some grief in that way that we're clearing because of that ability to aerate you know, ourselves. But again, it's it just another. So we've got a lot of element moving us into the dance of earth and air through the year. And the rat... Um, even though for us, particularly city dwellers, it's it, we can have our own reactions to the rat, myself included. But um, apparently rats are very affable and charming. They're also um, plurific in the sense that they reproduce pretty quickly. Um, they are incredibly adaptable. Nothing stops them. They can chew through just about anything. And they're pretty creative and resourceful. And um, so they're, they're teachers in getting things done, just like mice, but they have a little more edge to them. Um, similar Similarly, when we think about this as a universal four-year, um, think about remembering that it's important we retain the balance of the year. So the four directions, the four posts and pillars. So even though we move through each month, which has its own element to it, or we might feel more called to something in a particular way, keep going and returning, like I talked about those self-checks with ourselves, just keep returning to that notion of the four elements, you know, the earth, wind, air, fire, and just to see what might be out of homeostasis for ourselves and what we tend to move away from that we might want to get more comfortable with throughout the year. I think that that's going to be um, important. So another way to look at Aquarius as a wave maker, because it is intellectually uh, it's a bit detached. So when we come out of this intensity, even of the last 
full moon like we talked about, you know, the nice thing about Aquarius is that it it doesn't really want to get into the nitty gritty of all the emotions. Um, it doesn't really like drama. It's the it's the irony because the polarity is um, that we move into the full moon is Leo, and of course Leo likes a good drama because Leo loves the art, the color, the creativity, the self expression of the of the childlike wonder of self and being in the heart. Where is uh, as um, with Aquarius, Aquarius is a self-seeker and is really more on its own solo journey, the, you know, the road less traveled. Um, and, and it really longs to have an experience of self-discovery, and it's a bit quirky. So it's, an, again, an interesting dynamic. And yet, even though it has a very self-oriented feel in that sense of it likes to dwell within the mind, um, at the same time, it's extremely interested in activism, in being of service to the collective, networking with the right people. I mean, when we think of Aquarius we th- and the Uran- Ur- Uranus aspects of it, it's very much the internet. It's very much the the connectivity of you know being uh, really, really plugged into the right people, places, things. So it's a time where it always asks us to sort of prune away from people, places, and things that aren't really serving us and to move into the direction because new moons start new cycles. So maybe one of your precious seeds will be, I really want to learn something new or I really want to perfect it or I want to, I really want to um, have that experience of the newness or the enhancement of kindred spirits and to say, so really put that out there as one of your, your seeds you want to plant through, through the month and then watch how it shows up in subtle ways because that's always the way our guidance works. So I would say that's something that you, if you're feeling the longing for that, on one hand, invite on a regular basis cultivating a relationship with yourself, cultivating a relationship with writing, with deep new thoughts, um, with reading something new, like stimulate your mind, but not overstimulate your mind. Because when we overstimulate our mind, we're anxious and we start worrying and we start catastrophic thinking. And then, you know, we're in, we're not necessarily in the rat, we're in the hamster wheel, right? But to be inquisitive and to want to learn and to want to grow our mind is what really what, you know, Aquarius is really asking of us. And at the same time, it's also saying share that or have that interesting dynamic conversation with others. It's also interesting, you know, we just moved out of Martin Luther King Day and the Women's March and a lot of activism. And we're going to see more and more, I think, through, this is an election year. We're really in it in 2012, 2020. So I would say this is a good month to say, how do I want to, on my individual level, make change in support of what I deeply care about. Again, we're working towards that full moon in Leo, and full Leo is all about the heart, what, what we feel passionate about, what matters to us and those we love. And we want to have a global idea about loving our global family and about the elements that we really feel connected to. And, and don't think for a minute that your individual call to a congressman or your individual presence or however to a doesn't even have to be to the world it can be to a neighbor it can be to however you feel called to that Um, it could be an art piece that you want to put up anonymously but then just say i want to really offer this whatever it might be a thing of beauty but just recognize that whatever you However you bring yourself to something is something that the world needs. That's why we always find in, in community that I, you know, I always tell everybody when we're having a, a, you know, something, a community event, that it wouldn't be the same without you showing up. And um, sometimes, whether it's in silence, whether you're the one that cries, whether you're the one that, that says something, it's, it is a presence and an expression someone came to receive and that it is something that we manifest. It's our creative energy. So I want, you know, just encouraging everybody to start that this year because it is a year that's required for all of us to show up in whatever way we mean. This is not a year to step back from um, being a collaborator. And so whatever you define in that way, um, I think that that Aquarius is really going to help us this year. 
and because we've been doing this work and it's not going away, that um, the call to action, that Saturn being um, the timekeeper, you know, the karmic keeper, is saying it's time. And Pluto being in there saying we have to um, blow up or uh, the culmination of that which no longer serves so that we can we can see and be and move forward uh, is really going to perhaps articulate something to us that we didn't even know we felt the way we felt about it or the way we thought about it. So I think this is really going to be a great month to support that in all of us. Um, so again, when we think about uh, Aquarius and this notion of the water bearer or really um, the light bearer, uh, because Saturn is that traditional ruler that creates the rules and the order, and Aquarius sometimes breaks them to go beyond uh, what the definition of the order is or the rules that no longer define, but still has a desire to not be necessarily chaotic, but through the freedom to find a new order, so to speak. And so the progressive, inventive, not fitting in the mold, but but being free in that way will be, uh, I think, really wonderful in that sense. I also always think of Aquarius because of the light body as the body electric. You know, the body that is physical, material, Saturn, and then the communicator or the patterns that connect it with an atmosphere um, and uh, out into the world, into the cosmic energies and so forth. So um, air also is communication. Air is our breath. Air is our word. So just keep thinking about that with the element of air that starts us with this new moon. Um, uh, to really be aware of our breath when we're holding it, when we're deeply moving with it, um, and and really continuing to balance that experience of our inhalation and our exhalation, and that that so that it fully can move forward with us and feeding us and uh, purifying us and releasing in that way. So the open mind and the flowing gift of knowledge—that's the other piece. Um, this energy can really free the mind. Uh, and thinking about that vessel of the water down onto humanity uh, in that sense. Uh, Aquarius is the 11th sign of the zodiac. So that's always interesting that even though we start a new year, remember that the from the zodiac's perspective, the new moon is in the spring. So we're still working with, with that notion of, of something sort of having a more mature energy uh, that is in play when we finally get to Aquarius, that it's not a chaotic sort of Aries can be very chaotic because it's like, I'm here, I'm like a new baby, you know, or a new plant that's just butted out, you know, and it's just expressing like a new fawn, you know, it's just kind of wobbly. But Aquarius in the freedom is really a very mature energy uh, in many ways. And so while it has an intensity to it, it has an intention to it. So just kind of keep remembering that it needs freedom uh, and it needs freedom to to express this this self. You've already been thinking about this, you know, even if it's at a psychic level, in a way that you want to express. Um, and like we said, it ushers in that Chinese lunation and New Year. Um, so the Sun, the New Moon, Mercury is all in um, Aquarius at this time. Venus is in Pisces. Mars is in Sagittarius. And there's a lot of Capricorn still. So we're still got that draw into um, keep your feet on the ground and keep working incrementally step by step. Uh, really show up for your life. Uh, speak up and show up. You know, it's a really important year for that uh, in that sense because we still have the we still have Saturn, South Node, Jupiter, uh, Pluto, all in Capricorn. But this is the last time for a little while when we are in this particular sign of Aquarius, this new moon in Aquarius, um, that we don't have Saturn in it because in March, Saturn is actually moving in to Aquarius. And that's why I'm saying we're going to really make shifts from Earth-based to air-based. And then it goes retrograde in the summer and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But the whole year, it's this little bit changing of the guards um, in that sense. So we'll have a lot of... of um, connection in that way. For the next couple weeks, there's no retrograde planets until the 20, I'm sorry, excuse me, till the 17th of February when Mercury goes retrograde uh, in Pisces. So in that way, we've got a couple weeks to just feel all systems are moving forward and we can really get that again. I think that signature feeling of the freedom to sort of clear our mind, you know, and see what we're 
what's new for us, what's fresh from us from last year, and particularly all of the the end of last year, which was uh, a little bit, you know, rough on everybody in some way or another. Um, so in so the dates are pretty simple, the key dates that we sometimes look at. So we've got this new moon on the twenty fourth. Um, February 1st is a first quarter moon with the February 2nd being embolic, which is the cross quarter holy day. Remember that we're getting a little bit lighter every day, which is kind of nice after the, um, the stillness of the winter uh, solstice. It's uh, the Saint Bridget or, or Bridget is our um, goddess that ushers in the three fires and it's that first warming of the spring. So it's wonderful to do a little meditation or some sort of, um, you know, uh, ritual with fire or a candle where you're, when you light it, just be really aware that you're lighting in the, in the, like in the center of the earth's core has always got the fire. You're summoning the calling of the fire up for the greening and the light and within us as well. So we light that fire in our, uh, kind of our belly, our heart, and our crown, you know, those those areas for inspiration, those areas for passion and for will or um, energy for uh, the ability to show up again for the spring that will be, will be coming uh, just a little bit after that. So we're prepping. We're also prepping on that energy when we light the fire because we have a full moon in Leo coming forward. Before we hit that, though, We've got um, Mercury enters Pisces on February 3rd. Uh, on February 7th, Venus enters Aries. So we can see a progression. And on the 9th, we have a full moon Leo in a very fiery sky because um, the three signs of the cardinal sign of Aries um, in, is, is uh, activated with the Leo in um, the full moon, and then we've got the Sagittarius Mars energy. So we've got these the, a kind of a fiery sky that's coming up with that full moon. So remember, um, full moon brings things to light; it brings to fruition those new those seeds that we've planted. But that ape, it draws us then from that collective or that introverted, which Aquarius can really be in the mind, then it moves us deeply into the heart to say, okay, now let's animate this new thinking, or like we just talked about, like that thinking of something new, having those inner conversations. How do we want to bring them forth now in a more intuitive way, in a more heart-centered way, leading from the heart? And taking whatever we felt inspired by and now trusting ourselves with it. And um, it, for, I think maybe because of the activism piece, but I was thinking about, you know, when Gloria Steinem was asked that question about who she wanted to give her torch over to. And she said, oh, I don't want to give my torch away. I want to light everyone's torch. So we all walk with a torch. And we all feel individually like we are leading the way together. And so I think it's that way of taking whatever we felt really inspired by from this new moon. And then how do we want to really bring it forth from that notion of empowering not only ourselves, but everybody. Um, and I think in a sense that allows us to be fully present to allow that sense of radiating out from the sun out. So our own you know, our own energy, our own life force, that this full moon's really going to illuminate our shadow and our light as it relates to our ability um, to really trust ourselves and to really, um, again, continue to be connected to ourselves, but not feel like it's all about us. So I think it's that, you know, individual, you know, that balance, balancing act, as we're always saying. Um, and as we as we feel back in then into this new moon and how we walk towards that full moon, remember that the thing that we want to keep in mind is, again, from that notion of the change-making Uranus and from that idea of what we got um, initiated so deeply through the course of 2019 and moving through uh, with those eclipses at the end, is it's a year to stay away from reactivity and impulsivity. Uh, it really won't serve us. Um, but it's also a time, and I think we might get a couple little bit of pop quizzes around that. Like, And I can be very guilty of this because I have a 
moon in Aries, so I can be quite reactive in my emotional kinds of experiences. But it's, it's we talked about in the last lunation, the ability that we can cultivate emotional maturity and the ability that we can cultivate patience, I think will really serve us um, tremendously. So in that sense, um, as we move forward in this, to really think though about breaking free from limited thinking and self-created boxes. And so however this lunation shows up in our mind, or maybe, like I said, in in that appearance of um, what we immediately kind of shut ourselves down with, if we have a new idea or something that we want to bring into form, and then what what is it, what do we think of when we feel like it's not possible? What do we think of when we feel it's completely a green light? So it can even be like green light, red light in some ways. Um, and I guess sometimes we talk about prompts on the on the um, uh, podcast together, but I would say more keeping our journal around, we're kind of really checking into when our mind feels open and free. What does that feel like? Like if we asked ourselves and we brought a symbol to it, what does it feel like? Does it feel like an open meadow? Does it feel like an open sky? Does it feel like, what does it feel like to put into form, whether it's symbol or a word or a poem or a song, um, our body experience of, of possibility, of that it's, it's something that we can really just move through, uh, as opposed to that experience of feeling um, that we're boxed in? What does it feel like when we feel like that wouldn't be possible for us? What is it we say to ourselves? Or what do we symbolically feel like we've just, the equivalent of sort of putting ourselves back in a cage or a box? And these might bring up memories for us. It might bring up old beliefs that we went through, through um, family, through religious upbringing, through our culture, you know. But I would say to really invite this time to see them for what they are and to, you know, sometimes when we see things in a really uh, deeply supportive way, just in the appreciation of them, they clear. Remember, we're working with the light body, we're working with patterns. So I think it's very accessible for us. But the more we can see how we immediately either just go, not for me, or it's not possible, or we look at so many times what I hear in my office, and if my walls go talk, is... Um, people telling me their dreams and their wishes and things they want to explore. And then right away, they'll bring in so deeply their past experiences that are these evidence. It's kind of like a trial lawyer comes in or something and just says, oh, I'm going to slam down on the table all the files that are going to tell me in great detail and prosecute why it's just not going to be possible to do it. And, you know, then right away, it just feels like, you know, we just self-limit. And it doesn't mean we deny that. But there's some way of saying that in the moment we are co-creating, almost in the opposite, if you could say, even more I want to dedicate to myself and believe in myself uh, and believe in collaboration because of, in deference to what I went through before that limited me. And I would also invite everybody to maybe find um, somebody or someone that inspires us, that tell, that shows us that anything is possible. So Tammy Duckworth is our junior senator. Her experience of being through the military and um, losing her legs in the war. And here she is, and some days she shows up in her wheelchair, and some days she shows up upright and having her babies and, you know, and, and serving her country in a different way. And she's so inspiring to me because she's, she's not, she's very soft-spoken, but she's very clear. Um, and and uh, I just think she's incredible. And so whoever we feel has maybe even overcome something, not to put ourselves down, but to inspire us and to get out of our own way in some ways and to say, hey, we can do this. And we don't have to look at anything that we've been through as, as a disability. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges. Uh, it's not to minimize those. But we don't want to keep ourselves out of the arena. Okay, so I think that's more what I want to really invite everybody is, is just don't leave yourself out of the arena of of your own possibility and what inspires you in your heart. Well, I really love this, this journaling practice or inner inquiry practice of how it feels in the body when we think something's not possible. Because actually last night I was trying to fix my printer and I noticed that I just have a story in my head that I don't know how to fix things like that. And I, and I paused for a minute. I was like, wait, 
I wonder why I think that way. And why do I feel I have to call someone else to tell me how to do it? It's such a simple thing, but it did show, show me quite vividly um, where beliefs kind of live in me and how many beliefs maybe that I'm not even consciously aware of that are um, making me feel limited that I don't need to be feel limited about. That's a fantastic example because it was small enough for you to have an awareness to say, this is achievable. I can make my way through this. It's it's kind of a Rubik's Cube, but it's really sort of just a process. And and what I meant by small enough is that you when you got that awareness, you could play with the computer, you know, you figured out the printer. Uh, if it was something that was really, really big, it might have given you too much pause. But I think that that's a little bit of what we're going to feel from, uh, you know, I'm I'm just sending a prayer to the gods as I'm saying this around, you know, the Uranus square. But, but to just say small enough where we can pause and say, wait a minute, what decided that? Because either maybe I didn't know it before, but maybe I can approach it now with some innovation or even Google it and see, um, again, remember Aquarius, you know, technology, Google, all of that. That's one of the positive ways is there's a YouTube for just about everything. So when we think that we can't do something, uh, it's a way to say, let me check it out before I decide. Um, I'd say on the other hand, you know, things that we really get ourselves into trouble because we're so convinced and then our pride gets in the way, which is very Leo, is the is the uh, um, sort of the difficulty or the affliction or the detriment of Leo can be the pride element, you know, the Leo the lion. So really be aware that we want to remain in that humility. It's, it's, the, it's the humbleness without you know, deterring or making ourselves so small, but saying that, you know, we get humbled sometimes from experiences as well. But I love that example that you gave. And I find that too, where I immediately, almost instantaneously will tell myself, I'm not capable of, uh, when I run into certain glitches around things that, whether it's technology or fixing things. And I notice lately when I actually do it, you know, I will, I will make a big deal about it for myself because I feel like I need that gold star just to say to myself, yeah, you did it. That's awesome. Whereas other things that are very easy for me, like the creative problem solving around or how I can open up a, you know, I can see something that someone else couldn't, um, which is, you know, sort of why I do the work I do. Um, but it just it is that sense of there are areas where we feel capable in areas where we don't. So this, yes, this is a, this is a lunation that's going to invite us to think twice to open ourselves up to things that we believe were not part of our possibility and to really ask ourselves why. And when you start getting in the why and you'll give a list upon a list upon a list and just go, Oh, come on, you know, and just say, let's just, let's just fresh start. Let's just not believe that. Let's not believe it. Let's just see. And, or, appreciate it. And maybe we do call in a friend, but this time, instead of saying, can you fix that? Can you teach me how to fix it? That's the key. Can you teach me how to do this? Can you, can you help me empower me with this? Remember, we all light our torches. So um, we don't feel helpless. We don't feel powerless and we feel it's possible, but we don't obviously have to do everything alone. So I think that it's, there's going to be a real receptivity in our mind if we allow it to uh, open up, like I said, limit the limited boxes and work with both sides of our brain, not just the logic, not and not only that other side of the of the creative, but continuing to have that experience of the two hemispheres um, in that sense. I will say though, Aquarius, because of its energetic, and it's inspiration. It is it is a, a great month to sort of explore automatic writing, a little bit of your guidance, whether you call it channeling or uh, inspired into you know opening up in that way. Our nervous system can feel a little kind of fried from it. So just to, like I said, keep checking in with drinking, keep yourself hydrated, and electrolytes and all that good stuff. Um, and also with that in mind, uh, uh, crystal that came to me uh, that seemed like it's, it's sort of an oldie but a goodie just because we uh, almost everybody's attracted to it is an amethyst uh, and the beautiful beautiful vibration of this violet crystal that soothes the nervous system and really opens up that seventh chakra remember we're receiving that beautiful cascade of knowledge and always is, has an inspiring kind of element to it and works with the whole body uh, when we're working with the uh, full moon in leo 
Um, uh, fire opal is really beautiful if you you know, happen to have that or sunstone, um, something that really feels like it's almost capturing the sun inside of it can really be lovely uh, in being able to have that uh, experience to work with the heart. And even though um, the, the the heart, we can often think of a green energy, but with Leo, a lot of times we also think of it have, because it's got the element of fire that we also can think of a, an orangey or a, that we we worked with when actually when we had the new moon in Leo, we worked with amber. But now we have a full moon in Leo. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you may get attracted to a crystal that might work for you. But I think with the new moon, um, it might feel lovely to work with an amethyst if that is um, inspiring for us. We want to remember Mercury starts on the 17th. This, you know, we remember all the basics with Mercury retrograde. So the re, we're going to be reviewing, releasing, recovering, restoring. Um, so it starts in Pisces. And so it'll be a little ahead of the game, even though we're talking about this conversations with the mind and opening up these mental like thoughts at that level. Remember that Pisces is beyond the thought. Pisces is very much symbolic. It's very intuitive. Sometimes it can either reveal where we've been in illusion, because again, Mercury is an oracle of all the gods, all the planets. So it might start off with saying, here's some information of where you've been, had some illusions. Here's some information where you might have been a little delusional. And I don't mean that in a psychiatric way. I mean, you know, more in a way I've said, I've really been off in my thinking. Um, And this is a way for me to be a little clearer in that way. Um, So it might reveal some distortions. Um, So I would test into that ways where you'd say, "I, I had this perception about something and now I might get a revelation about it, about a person, about even a goal or a direction that I wanted to take my life. And it might be like, no, why was I thinking that person would really be the person to work with? Or that particular, it might even be like you started with, you wanted to sign up for a new class or something, and then you get this clear information that that's not it at all. And that's upsetting, right? Or you know, could be in that in that area. So there's there's going to be um, again continue conversation with ourselves, but uh, just see what wants to come forth with the beginning of that of that Mercury, and um, and always again remember I can't stress it enough when you're putting things in draft as opposed to pressing send. Are you replying to everybody? Do not do work where you're doing emails at the end of the night when you're tired, when you're running out the door. I am notorious for doing one more email before I, you know, I do. I go into an appointment or something, and uh, it, it really, really, when we have any Mercury retrogrades, can be regrettable because we cannot get it back. Texts, all that stuff. So remember, we're in still in. We're, you know, we're in that Aquarius uh, lunation. So the the boomerang of that with all the technology can be that we can send something before we thought it through. So just put a note up to yourself, note to self, uh, put little post-its all over the place, um, change your, you know, your, your picture on your, on your phone. <laughs> Maybe say, think one more time, don't send, um, just because it's, you know, it just creates a little more trauma, which Leo's going to be in there too. So just kind of be, be aware of our word, right? Uh, in those prompts. And then it does go in, uh, once we've hit, we go to that right around the next new moon is when it actually backs up into Aquarius. And so then we'll be refining it into um, actual little bit more clarity from that level. So, you know, uh, this might be a time during the retrograde, though, I would say with especially since we'll it will be as it comes in, we'll be having the full moon and Leo is creative um, to create some dates or opportunities to express yourself uh, artistically because Leo is very creative. And so it would be maybe a reconnection when we're thinking about a Mercury retrograde and particularly uh, with music, with voice lessons, with um uh, getting so it's not just like listening to music, but maybe singing with the music, or um, you know, taking back up an instrument, or painting for the sake of it, or whatever the creative arts, or creative expression, or poetry, or um, going to theater, or anything like that. I think would feel very beautiful during the beginning, and it would be a way to express some of the intensity in some ways, uh, very directly without 
you know, being problematic uh, in, in relationship to this retrograde. So those are just some ideas we'll, we'll all kind of circle back and see. And I think we can also use the um, Facebook page to have conversation about um, how are we experiencing, uh, how is it living through us, what we've been talking about uh, on different levels. Uh, but keep remembering that the psychic body or the dream body, the emotional body, the thought field, the physical, they're all going to be in play and they're all there for as parts of us and in our families and in our work lives and in our communities and in our world. So um, uh, without knowing it, otherwise we're just going to keep channeling all this uh, without even knowing or taking on too much. So I think that you know, we're never going to double back on the notion of good boundaries as we move forward. Uh, the, that's just a given. You know, that's a basic from this hy- hygienically speaking is the practice of good boundaries um, uh, and really watching our triggers, trauma triggers and reactivity triggers and don't, not to, re- to react from them, you know, but to be more, uh, take a moment and really be aware of how the body or the mind is responding. So that's that's kind of what I what I feel the lunation will really uh, have to do with a lot. Thank you so much, Susan, for all that very valuable information and the practices. We're wishing you all a beautiful month, and we'll hear from you on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. Or feel free to leave a comment um, about this episode on iTunes. And I forgot to mention that we're also newly on Spotify. So if that's where you're listening to things, check us out on Spotify podcasts. Have a wonderful month. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find Susan's work online at everydaymedicinewoman.com and at Susan Lipschitz on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also find us newly on Spotify Podcasts. And if you haven't heard my recent Moonwise episode about breast health, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I talk with Dr. Kate Sidney and Mandy Ashlock about the anatomy of breasts, the lymphatic system, and simple ways to care for this vital part of our bodies. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album, Rewilding, whose amazing work you can find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time.